Hello, welcome to the QBox podcast, short for The Question Box, a conversational platform hosted by me, Sidhu Musaraka, where we explore everyday contemporary questions that occupy our minds and our frequent interactions, whether it be on social media, the workplace, family gathering, or just when chilling with mates. Good questions are often far more powerful than answers and give us a new prism by which we view the world. So let's unpack the question box for today. This week I'm incredibly excited and delighted to be joined by Ukosi Gianni. She is a registered clinical psychologist and an expert with more than a decade's experience in facilitating and coaching transformative learning interventions, which are focused on influence, crucial conversations, negotiation, accountability, and fundamentally change. This week, she joins me to explore the notion, why is it so hard to be authentic? Please do enjoy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Um, I know that you have a busy schedule. Thank God so, something got cancelled so that I could fit in. I know. That's why I said, like, yo, this is talk about divine intervention. This is it. <laughs> certainly, certainly. This had to be it. It had, it had to be. After so yeah. many uh, times of moving this Yeah. Up. Yeah. But uh, thank Shuffling. you. Shuffling. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Um, I really appreciate yeah. it time and I'm, I'm hoping that um you will find at least some level of edification from it as well from the conversation itself it's not meant we'll to... find out won't we we will we will, we will. <laughs> um, but before we get to find out whether this conversation will be edifying for you uh mm. maybe for listeners and people who don't know who course Gianni like I know her um you mind just giving us a brief of who you are, um, how great you are, why I love you so much. <laughs> none of that, none of that. I'm just, I'm just one person who gets harassed by people like you. Okay. Whenever I try to keep my mouth shut, you find a way to, to harass me and and make me talk about things I have no idea about. Okay. Uh, yeah, but so here we are. That's where we are. But uh, by trade, I am a clinical psychologist for all my sins. I still don't know why. But uh, yeah, this thing has has haunted and chased me all my life uh, before the age of seven. Um, I didn't have the words for it. I got the words much later in my high school years. But um, and when I got the words, I said, that's the thing I have known. Right. So that's the story of my life, a long, arduous journey getting to, to that license called clinical psychology. Um, uh, but beyond that, I, I actually don't consider myself one who fits into that mold of a psychologist because I, I am very marginal. I am very um, outside of the borders uh, in many ways uh, of uh, psychologists and they are great psychologists who you know, work very well within the frame, but I'm not one of them. Um, so I, I push boundaries in many, in many ways in my life. I am that. Um, yeah, and it gets me into trouble many times. And uh, yeah, but I'd rather deal with that than, than live in the, within the margins. It's not my space. Uh, it's a space I respect for those that do it and do it well. It's not mine. Um, 
So, you know, one of the ways in which I, I am, uh, let's call it disrespectful in that way, um, is that I work mostly within a space that's not defined as clinical psychology. Um, I work in corporate, I work in, in human leadership development. I'm an advocate, I'm passionate about people being people, people finding their space, you know, and living their space. And, and the, you know, my, my, my version of uh, uh, um, one of those um, sayings is, is um, you know, take the road less chosen and um, go where it leads, but more importantly, lead where it goes. So I, I yeah, I am I'm one of those things, uh, many things and nothing really ultimately. But yeah, I, I hope that's that's a that's a nutshell. I'm from Soweto originally. It's like Utana Sezola, like to be specific, you know. Uh, so I'm very deep township girl in that way. <laughs> and I can be very basic and pedestrian like that when I'm called upon to, but I can also navigate my way you know, to the fancy palaces of life and, and so on. So and, and I like to straddle that gamut in between things. Yeah. Now, I'm going to shut up. The, the irony of you stating that um, why you're so great or why I like you so much is actually based on the pushing the margins aspect that you highlight. And and it, it's actually a perfect segue into the conversation because in your describing of yourself and what you do is to help people find themselves in their space, which has key elements, right, which are central to the conversation that we are having today. Which right. Right. the question for the day really is, why is it so hard to be authentic? What drives people into the space of inauthenticity? If there is such mm. a mm. sure. Right. So so here's my take on it. Um, it is that, you know, number one, it, it depends on, on our, our point of departure in terms of how we understand the self or ourselves or the self in the capital letter S, so to speak, because I kind of think that one of my, my starting points to thinking about this would be that unlike the common thinking that there's one self, yes, there is one self, that there is one Kosi ultimately, but Ukosi is made up of, you know, various kinks and various selves that claim their yeah. stake in, yeah, that yeah. claim their stake as Ukosi, you know. So one minute I'm going to be, this quiet Kosi, for example, and someone might say, but that's not you. And I and I claim that. That's also me. So mm-hmm. maybe many a times I'm out there, you know, my mouth is open. The minute I open my eyes, I'm ready to talk or people are making me talk, even when I choose not to talk or would prefer not to talk. Yeah. Um, I get pushed into those spaces. So which self is the real me? You know, which of those two? Both of them are. Right. So so there's, there's a multiplicity to to the self. So that's the one point I would I would park or throw into that space of deliberation. Um, but the second one, if we work from a kind of. Let's kind of say a concrete sense of self, the, the one self. Right. Um, 
that answers that that answers to that question also is the fact that we we live in a society. We are social beings. Mm-hmm. We are relational beings. We are part of a a long history of human beings um, that have written scripts for us before that said to be human is to be this, that, and the other. Yeah. And, and it said, here's the mold, here's the blueprint, follow this. You know, these are the basic tenets, so to speak, and the coordinates, um, so to speak. And so all of us are kind of um, uh, funneled into chiseled into these spaces or or these cells um, that society approves of and also society stigmatizes other cells. And so those cells are pushed underground. Okay. Right. They're pushed underground. They are silenced. They are suffocated um, underground. Um, But the very fact that we have to do that says to us there's more to us than what we would like to acknowledge. Because otherwise, um, we wouldn't do that. So there's a sanctioning process. That we have to approve of in the process. Yeah, well, some of it, we don't, it depends where we are positioned in relation to it. So if you think about that journey, actually, of, of being, um, you know, chiseled out, uh, it begins from the get-go, you know, when, when we are born. Uh, we learn as children, as babies, as infants, you know, like don't cry, don't this, don't that. There's a lot of daunting that goes on in our lives, uh, which, you know, kind of molds us this way, that way, this way, that way, acceptable, not acceptable. Don't cry, you know, yeah. because this is, this is, this, right? And and we learn. There are those parts of ourselves that are not acceptable. Talk about potty training, you know, and, and society does this in so many ways. You hear, you know, we have these nice kind of uh, expressions. We go, ooh, poo-poo, mm, yes. this is bad, poo-poo, you know? So we are told there's aspects of us that are approved of, other parts of us that are maybe tolerated, and, and parts of us that are completely shunned. Sure. And, and we have to then build and create a self around all of those. Yeah. And so, and so it is that reason that there is a self. So we'll speak also about a real self and an ideal self. Sure. Right. And, and that ideal self exists individually in the sense that if I look at myself, I may say, so, 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 as a person. However, the minute I step out of the personal self and and join myself in a community, there are, you know, those selves will will negotiate the space. There will be an exchange of places. Uh, When I'm at church, there is a self that will take the center stage, whereas that other cozy, yay, doesn't, no, don't bring her here. This is not her space, you know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must stay there, you know. Whereas that very same cause like, hey, people, and like, you know, people expect that. It's like, hey, that other cause, 
this is not her place, you know, like yeah. keep her where she belongs, type of thing. So, so that's how we navigate our, our journey. It's not a straight line, it's always a negotiated settlement, you know, and sometimes we push against those boundaries. And society, you know, is a a, a social evolution project, right? Uh, because we are constantly changing, have been changing um, as a human community. Yeah. And that is actually the reason why we are here is that we have through eons or however long we've been here, who knows, um, you know, through eons of, of our journey, we have we have been morphing, we have been adjusting, we have been, you know, tweaking things. And 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 this is part of my 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 argument, so to speak, or consolation to people. Um if we look at, for example, where we're finding ourselves now as the human community thrown into this new era of, of COVID, which has, you know, taken all the fundamentals of life as we have known it. You know, this is a traumatic experience. It's changed everything in, in, in that sense of life as we have known it. It took away that sense of control. It took away that sense of predictability of this is how things go. This is how things are going to go. This is how the future is going to look and so on. And um, and so, you know, one of the p- things that people are, are be crying is uh, the loss of rituals. For example, um, yeah. so the, we've always had these rites and rituals that we perform. And now all of those have been taken away from us. Yes. Right. And yes, pretty much so. But my argument is that we also need to remember that all these rites and rituals didn't descend from the blue sky or I don't know where. They were formed by people who were navigating a certain time, a certain circumstance, and and they shaped these things around them. But Tina must figure, we kind of arrive and think things have always been like this. No, they haven't. Mm, mm. They haven't. They've been negotiated throughout human history. And so we kind of, in one sense, want to be um, passive recipients of history. I, my forefathers and my forebears didn't do this. Hmm. You know, and people say, no, we must keep doing things because this is how things have always been. Yeah. And my question then becomes, okay, so if we say our forefathers in their wisdom, right, came up to to this form of knowledge or way of doing things or ways of being. Yeah. If all we are doing, Tina, in our time, given the time uh, that we have been given now to be alive, if all we are going to do is to just photocopy and just passively consume and do what they have done in their name, in their honor, for me, that is the biggest disservice and dishonor we do our forebears, because we are saying um, they thought about things, but all we are going to do is to just be passive consumers. Tina, what is our contribution then to that process of social evolution and social creation? What are we doing with our capacity? Yeah. What what will the ones that come after us claim? Bazotinati. Because they, they thought and we just didn't. We just like, yeah. 
choose. Yeah. It does. It just doesn't. So yeah, I guess I'm saying a lot of things. Um, I, mean, so I think there are probably three buckets in what you've described. The first being this idea of uh, multiplicity of self and individual, and that we are actually more than one thing. Yeah. But then, the, then there's the other aspect of society then chiseling us into specific channels probably for the and it's not a bad thing and i'm sure that's not what you're trying to uh it serves a purpose yes it serves a purpose there's social order there's some sort of structure and knowing how things operate yeah yes so it defines how we work through life and it helps us actually simplify the process of decision making in life because we know that our You know, a toilet is, yeah, it helps. Um, and, and then there's the, the element of, you know, uh, that you highlighted around uh, rituals, um, rites, routine, and some of these find their meaning and expression in what we would refer to as our culture. In other spaces, it's in the context of church. Um, others, it's just in the context of how you live within family units or spaces that we occupy in a corporate world. Um, you know, this, the sentiment that you, you express that this is how we've always done things. It's not something that's unique to the church, to a umsebenz or a traditional uh, activity, but we've also yeah. quite find it often within the corporate setup where people are resistant to change uh, because yeah. of this routine uh, you know, and, if and it's I, not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so work, so work with that on the basis of you know this is what we've defined. But I like the 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 point that you almost develop and bring that we can't be passive participants of the future based on our past. The past was actually formed through an active and deliberate action from you know our ancestors and so forth so we have the responsibility of being active yes. participants and formative activity and engagement in defining what the creative yes contributory yes yes They're not just consumers passive consumers i think you know we've seen a lot of development and we see it in technology we're seeing it in business we're seeing it in various facets of our lives where we are seeing this active creative activity in yeah. you know specific borders parameters being challenged in some shape or form but that struggle yeah. still happens right um where you you're still struggling with the idea of you know that self that you were forced to almost sacrifice when you were younger or when you enter a specific space when you are older you know this is not how we do things here that has is still pervasive right and we still have that that negotiation what you is not actually a negotiation but a actual demand of you to lose yourself so that you can fit yeah. in a specific space yes. yeah um, the sacrifice of the self for a belonging the price we pay for belonging correct correct and and i, I want to i want to explore that a bit more that you know this how do we because sacrifice is a decision and mm-hmm. sacrifice is a willing yes it it forces us to evaluate uh-huh. the pros and cons of not yes. sacrificing yeah. versus actually yeah. what that self may need to hold yes how do we strike the balance you know between you know remaining true to ourselves 
the various elements that you, you've highlighted, there are certain things that just makes it, it makes sense to stop at a red traffic light because yeah. it's safe for everyone, right? Yeah. But we find these things that express themselves. And I, these are very crude examples, of course. Yeah. When it, you know, when we come to uh, to the idea of being authentic. So if I'm generally boisterous and loud and, 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 um, it may be tough to bring that in a conservative environment. Or if you're an introvert or someone who just likes keeping to themselves, in the workplace, you have to sell your work so that you can get that promotion. How do we strike the balance? How do we, we, we figure out what must be sacrificed for the greater good of others or the greater good of yourself? What, what, what would you say is the toolkit to, to, for evaluation for, of that structure? Yeah. So I think part of part of the toolkit is introspection. I think an important part of that is introspection, right? The question of who am I? Me, no course. What is my thinking around this? What is my idea? Where do I stand on this? What is my truth? Yeah. On this. And some and knowing that sometimes that truth may cohere with the bigger truth or the common truth, right? And knowing. When it doesn't. Hmm. And then at that crossroads to say, what do I do here? Hmm. And and because this ecology is quite complex. Yeah. Right. And and I will not be naive enough to think that I have an answer or that there is one answer to it. But I certainly think, Uguti, for me, what's important is to live consciously. So even to the point where you're saying, um, you know what? I I don't believe in this. Yeah. I don't believe me, not me, me. Yes. Left to myself, I don't believe in this. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. However, nevertheless, yeah. Um, I then may weigh it up and say, hmm, how high is the price? Of doing and it. which price? Yeah, um, you're gonna pay a price either way. Sure. How high is the price, and which one would you rather pay? Sure. Because there's going to be the the price you pay. Let's call it the pain of resistance and the pain of succumbing. Either yeah. way, you're gonna pay the price. So which one do you choose? And that's a choice each of us has has to make for ourselves. So, so I guess the first piece introspect, think about it, live consciously and be engaged in the process of defining the problem statement and moving towards the solution to that particular problem statement. Then once that has been clarified in your mind, then you are able to then start figuring out the cost. What now? Now that we are at this crossroads, what now? Where do I go? What Hmm. choices do I make? You know, we are doomed to choice. Thank you for joining me for this conversation. I hope you found it both insightful and relevant so that you don't miss out on any future podcasts or episodes. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a good one.